All right. Welcome back to Bullpen Sessions. I'm excited for this episode. Um, I have a feeling, JB, you're going to be full of some pretty damn good stories and uh, some good life lessons that so many um, can learn from listening in. You know, I'm excited to get into your storied um, military career and how you actually have transitioned it into impacting leaders across the country, mainly in the world of professional sports. I'm really excited to talk about that. So let's just level set JB. Uh, first, welcome aboard. Welcome to bullpen sessions. Andy, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You're a great American and I appreciate being on your wonderful yes. show. And thank you for the service you provided for, um, we just talked offline, an astounding 26 years, which we're going to get into. Let's level set. Uh, today you live in Henderson, Nevada, but just let's introduce JB to the world. Ah, so JB Spizo, retired army sergeant major, you know, I joined, joined the army to pay for my college. And, you know, I thought I'd be in uh, four years, uh, then go to college, be a high school teacher, coach hockey and baseball. That was kind of <laughs> where I was going. 26 years later, it worked out for me. I was fortunate to spend, you know, a decade in special operations, the uh, famed 75th Ranger Regiment. I also was a drill instructor. I worked at the United States Military Academy at West Point, which was actually my first touch of working with with not only cadets but also cadet athletes so that was a great experience and then from there turned it into a uh, um, you know a business of uh, life coach performance coach I like to call myself a talent accelerator just helping people find that next level and um, you know truly glad truly glad to be here thank you you know I'm, I my curiosity goes right to uh, you grew up in Pittsburgh right I did um, Pirates fan uh, oh yeah. Pirates, Steelers, Penguins, you know. Uh, and you said that, uh, you, one of your ambitions before military, the military career was becoming a hockey and baseball coach. Did you play some baseball in your life? I did. I played some hockey and some baseball and, uh, in the army, I was a pretty talented softball player back <laughs> in the day. So just so you know. What I'm curious, you know, I think you got into the military right out of high school, right? I did. What led you to that decision? When you, when you had some aspirations to sure. go coach, go teach, mm -hmm. what led you to make the decision? I, I'm going to join the military. Well, you know, uh, middle-class family, you know, my father, um, you know, uh, worked at a factory as an executive, but you know, uh, World War II veteran, high school, high school diploma worked his way up. You know, they called it the work your way up to wear the white shirt. He did it. <laughs> so, and then my mother was a high school, uh, a, um, elementary school principal. And so hardworking family. Um, yeah, two older sisters, they helped them with their college. I said, you know what, I'm going to pay for my own college. And that's kind of where it started. And, um, you, you know, I tell, tell the story. It's, uh, rather funny. You know, I show up at the army recruiter. I said, I, I want the college fund. He's like, great. Four years in the army, four years of college. He's like, you know, what job do you want to do? And it gives you this big book, you know, there's no internet then, right. You're going through this book and, and he sees it, you know, I played some sports. He saw my fitness scores. He made me do some pushups. He had a pull-up bar across his door, maybe do some pull-ups. And he said, why don't you become an army ranger? Great. What are they? Great. What do they do? He's like, jump out of airplanes, blow stuff up. I said, sign me up. <laughs> so, well, and, was, and, if, and, for the, and for those listening yeah. in that may be unfamiliar with the rangers, it, that would be like you going in with a, I, I don't know, uh, a, a baseball scout. And they're like, you should become a professional baseball player. And you're like, okay, what do I have to do? Uh, well, you have to be one of the best players in the world. Okay, cool. Sign me up. Sign me up. <laughs> uh, that's what it was. Again, I, you know, I, I say, you know, when I showed up at, you know, a small town in, in, in Pittsburgh, I show up at Fort Benning, Georgia, I could have been on Mars. Um, 
And, um, you know, that's, you know, that's just where it starts with a little bit of the mental toughness, not, not giving up, uh, you know, just trying not to get cut today. I mean, look, you played at the professional level. That's what you try to do. You just try, like, Hey, I'm trying not to get cut today. Right. And then, and then you develop this, this leadership and this mental toughness. And what I want everybody to understand and what I, and what I teach and, and I preach it actually is, you know, this mental toughness, this leadership, it's not, a it's, you're not born with it it's a learned trait and you learn it over time. You know, I can tell you at the United States military Academy at West point working there for a decade, you know, we start recruiting young men and women when they're juniors in high school. And then we keep them for four, sometimes five years if they go to the prep school. And then when we're done, we make them a Lieutenant. We say, man, did we do enough? Right. <laughs> and then after every time that young man or woman gets promoted, we send them back to a leadership school to continue to hone their skills. So, you know, if you're up and coming, if you know, if you're, if you're, you're trying to climb that ladder, whether it's in athletics or, or, or the C-suite, you know, just keep, just keep after it. And, and you learn as you grow. So keep, keep, keep it going. Well, and I think one of our first nuggets are about to be dropped right now because you, I think in the book, you we'll, we'll get to your book that you, uh, you just wrote recently. Um, there's a difference between talent and leadership. Mm-hmm. And I think in, in sports, especially they talk about people are born with talent. Mm-hmm. But I think there's also people who believe people are born leaders. Mm-hmm. And I think you disagree, right? You believe leadership can be taught. Listen, I think, you know, toughness, leadership, of course, your primary caregiver can imprint some of that on you, right? Who's ever raising you. Uh, but but then studies show you about age 12, 13, it's on you. And and you have to, you have to get it. Listen, I was in, you know, I came from a wonderful family you know, uh, wonderful mother and father, you know, we, we prayed at every meal, you know, we we're very, very loving. And next thing, you know, I'm, I'm in this, you know, ranger indoctrination course. And I am like, what the hell did I just get, get myself into? Like, I, I, you know, and these, you know, sergeants are yelling at you and you're, you know, you're just, you, you know, you're running to you literally throw up. Um, and, and I said, okay, you know, I just had to kind of dial it in and, and I don't think I was, I was mentally tough, but I learned it. And I said, okay, I'm not going to, I narrowed my focus. When days are really tough, you have to narrow your focus. You know, there are days that, and, and, and you did this as a, as a professional player, like, okay, I just got to make it to lunch. <laughs> I just got to make it to dinner, right? Like, you know, I just got to put, I just got to put, you know, wood on, wood on the ball here. Like, I just got to put this ball in play. Like I got to hit it hard here. And, and those are, and sometimes you have to narrow your focus for that. So no, I think it can, I think that leadership, mental toughness, it's developed. Sure. You could have some uh, inherent capabilities that someone might have imprinted on you, but it's a, it's a learned trait and you learn it throughout life. Um, and, you know, uh, it, it, it's funny. I, I tell the story, you know, we had a young officer get ready to graduate. And I said to him, I said, uh, you know, what do you want to be, Lieutenant? And he said, I want to be you, Sergeant Major. And I was like, you know, don't be me. Be better than me. And, oh, by the way, it took me 26 years to get here. So, 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 so leadership, all the studies that show, tell you that, you know, leadership is continuing to be learned throughout life. And as you develop yourself in leaders in, in, in this leadership, you know, you got to continue to learn, you got to continue to develop. And then guess what? The higher you climb, the more people you serve, not the other way around. The higher you climb, the more people you serve. And I think a lot of people could take the higher you climb, the more people that report to you. Right. And, and I think mm-hmm. that's, I'm so glad you brought that up because I do believe you have two trains of thoughts around leadership. Right. You have the I am the leader because I have the title. Mm-hmm. 
And then I look at my sports career, especially high school and college. I was a captain on every team. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I, I viewed my job as to be the leader by example. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the rah-rah guy. I wasn't the guy okay. that's going to fire everybody. Just watch what I do and emulate that. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I viewed my responsibility as, as a captain. So I'm glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. You know, I am curious, JB, to, to, to just take an – this is where my sports brain goes, mm-hmm. goes off in tangents. You said you worked with the um, athletes at, mm-hmm. in, at West Point, right, at Army? Yeah, I did. I always, I love watching, like, let's be honest, as boring as the offenses are in football for Army and Navy, because mm-hmm. they're still running the option. Mm-hmm. Um, just the precision, mm-hmm. like, astonishes me. Did you, do you feel like working with athletes at the, at West Point, even though they're young men, that level of discipline is probably higher there than it even is, say, at any other Division One school? Well, if you think about it, just to, First off, just to get into West Point or any of the academies, you know, you have to be super bright. That's number mm-hmm. one. Right. And, and and you still got to be able to play your sport. And oh, by the way, it, it, and, and it's not th- this way at every every university, but, you know, West Point, you still have to do your full cadet life and then your sport <laughs> and then back to your full cadet life. So there's, you know, there's there's really no opportunities to take a break, sham, if you will. So. So, so, to, so to raise your hand and say, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to go pay for the uh, army black Knights. You, you, you know, you're, you're volunteering twice. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, the, and the discipline is there. I'll tell you, um, you know, both, both the, you know, the young men and women that, that, that play athletics there. And I think there's probably uh, you know, 26, uh, you know, division one sports there. They're incredible. Just seeing these young men and women every single day, you know, nugget it out, getting after it. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, and finding that, finding that way for success and it's a commitment, it's a life commitment. And, um, you know, but once you're, once you're in that group, you're, you know, you're in that group for life. And it's the respect too, I think that comes along with, you know, what their next commitment is after the football mm-hmm. career is over. They're going into the military. Yeah. That's what, that's that, what, that's what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think that's so impressive. Let's talk about your military career. Cause <laughs> Uh, 10 years with special ops in the elite 75th Ranger regiment. Okay. We just talked about Mm -hmm. that. That's like the pro sports of of the military. If you ask me along with the Navy SEALs, Navy SEALs and everything else. Um, You retired as Sergeant major, which is one of the highest honors you can have in the military. Correct. It is. It is. When you look at the 26 years you spent in the military, what in your opinion separated those, soldiers who excelled and those who just struggled to get by what what did it what what separated the two well i think for me is i had a i had a couple things first off i'll tell you um i I had a good foundation and you know i talk in my book warrior leadership steps success for leaders on the ground i talked about you know my first squad leader hugh roberts who took under his wing took all of us under his wing uh in the rangers and um you know if we need our ass kicked he did it Uh, but, but, you know, he guided us on the way and what else he did was, you know, he found, uh, and sometimes in the military, you know, everything's the standards, the standard, you know, you run five miles in 40 minutes, you have to do, you know, 80 pushups in two minutes, whatever. But he also found that everybody's uniquely talented and he found ways of pulling that talent out. I I, I like to say he, he was one of those in the military that lifted talent. Now, listen, there are times that, you know, you got to get on somebody. And listen, I was a drill instructor. I did it too. You know, uh, I, I yelled at my fair share of soldiers. Trust me. Okay. 
but I also used to try to lift people's towels. That was the beginning, beginning of that. And I think I had a couple of things. I had, I had courage, I had initiative, and I had motivation. And so I, that, that was my foundation. That's what I led by. I, maybe I wasn't the biggest, strongest, fastest, you know, but I always competed. I was a competitor. And I, I used that. And that's what I was fortunate to, to, you know, to be promoted, you know, very quickly, you know, got to the rank of sergeant major um, and uh, was able to you know, help help others around me. And again, and as I climbed the ranks, I continue to help others, continue to help others, continue to help others. I absolutely love that. The higher you climb, the more you serve. Mm-hmm. That That's awesome. Well, you. you know, one thing I dedicate this podcast to is really deep diving into people's transitions. You know, mm-hmm. you leave for the military right out of high school. So you were what, 18? Mm-hmm. You were there till your mid 40s. Mm-hmm. And then it's time for chapter two. And we're going to get into mm-hmm. chapter two. What was that transition like for you? Because the military had basically defined your adult life up until that point. Mm-hmm. And it's scary, you know, and so in, in 2005, I retired in 2010, but in 2005, the New York Rangers came to West Point and they did a, uh, their, their camp. So they, their preseason camp at West Point. Uh, so they spent about five days there. Um, you know, they were predicted to finish uh, last in the league. There were 30 teams back then. Uh, and they ended up making layoffs. So it was an integral part of their leadership, their team building, their motivation, their mental toughness. And um, the team president um, and general manager at the time, Glenn Sather, who's a Hockey Hall of Famer, you know, he called me off to the side and said, hey, you're pretty good at this. And um, I, I wasn't sure what he was talking about. He's like, I, I watch how these men look at you. He goes, you should think about doing this when you're finished with the military. And that's kind of where it started. And I, I tell I tell, I tell business professionals all the time, if you see something in a veteran, tell them, right? Because a lot of times, you know, being a veteran, it's a very selfless service business, okay? Because that's how we're brought up, right? We all wear the color green, you know, we're, we're, that, that, that's, that's how we live our life with honor and, and, and character and selflessness. So he, st- he did that. So I started to chip away at that. Then when I retired in 2010, that's all I've done. I hung up my guns, hung up my uniform, never went back to it. Now, let me tell you, that was very, very scary because, you know, this is 2010. There's a lot of government contracts. I'm a sergeant major. I was getting, you know, offers. Hey, you know, go back to Afghanistan for a month. We'll pay you 60,000. Hey, go do this. Hey, go do this. You know, not easy money, but, but, but money. And, and again, you know, you're definitely not in the military for the pay. Okay. That's for sure. Okay. Because you know, the pay's not great, but you're into it because if it's a, it's a life service. And so, you know, I stayed away from that. I said, Oh, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to find a way. And, you know, just when I was like, man, I got to make a rent payment. Then I got a client and, and, and then I got another client and, and, and this is all relationship building because, you know, you're asking people, you know, to pay you for leadership. And sometimes that doesn't show up on a, on a, on a P and L sheet doesn't show up on that spreadsheet. Right. But then what happens is when people who hire you, they see you taking somebody, maybe a mid-level person mm-hmm. or, or, or a player that maybe shouldn't have made a team and then did, and you start developing their leadership and character, you know, their talents already there. You don't have to do anything for their talent. You know, <laughs> I don't, you don't have to teach them there. You don't have to teach them that. But you have to continue to develop that. And all of a sudden, you know, they blossom into this 
fine human being. And, 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 and I don't like to say, like a lot of people say, oh, take somebody from good to great. I say, you know, take them from good to their best, whatever that best is. And the, and the best is, is, is different for all of us. You know, I, I really appreciate you saying that because as a coach myself, mm -hmm. I pride myself on trying to help others reach their full potential. Mm -hmm. And like you said, often that's not something that you can say, you'll find this on your P and L statement. I'm going to deliver you a, a tactical result. Mm -hmm. Um, it's the confidence, the clarity that mm -hmm. you bring that lets somebody un unlock the untapped potential. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you see a, a whole different version. I, I love that you said that. That helped me out so much. Mm -hmm. You said something offline that I want you to talk about right there. When your military career was over, you could have easily taken government contracts, right? You could have mm -hmm. easy, what a lot, probably what a lot of former military veterans do is, do. I don't want to call it the easy road, but they go back to what they know. And we were talking offline about in sports, you know, when an, a pro athlete retires, they often become a scout. They mm -hmm. go, they go work in the front office. They go do mm -hmm. something tied to that sport because that's mm -hmm. what they've always known. Mm -hmm. You actually are a big believer of go try something different, which you did in your own career. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that's so important? It's so important because there's so many skills that, that, that you develop when you're going to do other things, you you've done it. You know, we talk about my friend, Kevin Weeks, you know, NHL veteran, 15 years, you know, uh, of course he's, you know, he, he's a face on NHL network, but he's an entrepreneur. He's in real estate. He's in fashion. He's in food. Like the, and, and he'll, he'll be back at the game at some point, but when he comes back, he's bringing, he's bringing so much more talent and experience with him. I think that's so wonderful to do. You got to get away from it. You, and you just got to meet new people. Like you got to meet new people out, outside of your organization. And, um, you know, I, I tell the story, uh, a, a friend of mine was a, a, a pro coach, NHL coach, team, you know, Stanley cup winning coach. And he got fired from a job. He's like, what should I do? I said, coach, go do something different. And he didn't, he went and like joined a gym for a year where no one knew was, knew he was a coach. No one really cared. He met different human beings. And I think that's so important to do. You got to get away from that. You got to learn new things. Here's the thing is when you do that, you unlock all this hidden talent in yourself and you get away from that. You know, you know what we say is, you know, we want to keep our comfort zone. Here's our comfort zone. But, but when we stay in it, what happens is it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. But when we expand our comfort zone, it actually gets bigger. And so that's what you got to do. You got to step outside of your comfort zone and you discover new talents. Oh, I, I couldn't agree with that more because after my baseball career, I've pretty much spent my entire career in the insurance field. Now mm -hmm. I coach a lot of insurance advisors and right. what changed my career was a couple of years ago, JB, when I decided to go outside and I joined a mastermind with individuals who had nothing to do with insurance. And I saw what the other parts of what other industries were doing, other businesses, and it completely changed my perspective on mm -hmm. what I was doing. So uh, I, I can't that mm -hmm. I can't agree with that more. All right, let's dive into your your work with professional teams. Sure. And if anybody needs any justification if you're legit or not, just go look at your website. And you even have a testimonial from Sidney Crosby. Like yeah, he's a great man. <laughs> Talk about your work because you've worked with the Rangers, the, the Penguins, uh, I believe Notre Dame. Uh, uh, college, yep. yep Hockey. And, mm -hmm. and, and some NFL teams. Sure. When you look at your military career and now you're working with professional athletes, mm -hmm. so soldiers and athletes, were there some commonalities that you uh, recognized in the soldiers that were excelling on the battlefield versus the athletes excelling on the playing field? 
there's a lot of similarities and the similarities are is that, you know, they're eight type personalities. They want to win. They want to compete every day. Uh, I like to say, you know, the tools of the trade are different and you can't compare, you know, war to winning and losing games because they're, you know, li lives are on the line, but, but you can compare that intensity, that preparation, that training, that teamwork, everything else. And, you know, I look at Sidney Crosby, good friend of mine, um, humble captain, quiet captain, leads by example, captain, just like you, uh, a, a, another one, Sasha Barkoff, you know, he's the captain of the Florida Panthers, same thing, quiet, humble, leads by example, you know, but, but they all know like what to say when, and, and you have to be able to do that too, 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 as a leader. Um, so these similarities are, you, you, you want to, you want to compete, you want to battle. The biggest thing that I find of the best of the best, whether military, whether business, or whether professional uh, athletics are, is, is, is the best. Everybody loves winning, but they love the battle. They love the competition. They're not afraid of it. Um, you know, uh, you, you selling insurance, if you go in, you lose a client, Okay, you dust yourself off. You said, you know what? I'm going to find another one. You're going to you're going to continue to go after it. And I think that's part of it. You know, winning I'm, winning's not easy. It's difficult because the opponent, you know, they, they you know, they have a vote in what happens to you. But winning's a byproduct of loving the battle. And I mean by like, you know, getting yourself ready every single day, getting up, being prepared, being focused, you know, giving your best, you know, staying in contact with folks. I mean, sometimes I, sometimes I'm in contact with somebody for two years, sometimes three years before I ever get them as a client. That's okay. Like I, I, I know I, I have to play the long game because that's part of it. So, but, it, but, it, but do you care enough to do that? And, and, and that, I think what, what separates um, the elite. I love it because I, I think it applies to entrepreneurialism as mm -hmm. well. You know, um, you hear about people who are so focused on the end result. And mm -hmm. if you're not enjoying the journey, even with, even when you might attain the end result, you're not, mm -hmm. you're still not going to have that happiness and that fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And again, tying that to my personal life, JB, mm -hmm. I look at my baseball journey and I, th I can say with confidence when I got to pro baseball, I didn't enjoy the journey as much as I did in high school and college. Mm -hmm. And I think that had a big impact on, mm -hmm. on the end result, which was a very short pro baseball career. So mm -hmm. um, that, that's it. Well, you, you've probably seen it. There's a lot of people in professional sports. They do it. They don't necessarily like it, but they feel like they feel like that's the only thing they can do because they're talented enough to be good at it. I, 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 yeah, yeah, I think there's a lot of athletes. Mm -hmm. If you sat them down. They actually don't really like what they do, but they're mm -hmm. making generational wealth. Mm -hmm. And so they do it. Right. And, yeah. and I don't know, you know, with your work in professional sports, was there a pretty clear dividing line between the teams having success and the teams that are not? And, and, and is that dividing line just that enjoying the journey, that culture, that locker room culture, mm -hmm. that everybody's in it for one goal and they're mm -hmm. having a, they're having fun on the ride to that destination. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I just had a, um, a seminar with a, with a division one college football team the other day. And, you know, so, and, and, and I told, told these young men, I said, you know, some of you will play this game professionally and that's a wonderful thing. However, you will all be a professional at something. So, you know, you know, football is not the success. Hockey's not the success. Baseball is not, not the success golf, so on and so forth. It's the vehicle to success, mm -hmm. right? So you want to, you want to, you want to continue on that. Also, I find 
that you know the, the the teams that consistently do very well they have very very healthy culture and you know that culture of course starts to top but it's not it's not the gm or the coach's responsibility to ensure that chemistry is going the right way it's the people inside that locker room now they have to make sure it's healthy you know that they're not going off on the wrong wrong direction if it's not healthy at all then the you know the coach and the gm have to put a stop to it but it's the people inside that locker room it's how they it's how they treat others you know anytime we um you know when i worked in the nhl and we were like trading for a player and they'd be like hey jb find out about this guy i never called a scout or a coach or anything i always called the locker room attendant i called the i called the equipment manager right i called the parking lot parking lot security guy i'm like hey Tell me about this, this person. Oh, great guy. This, that, or, oh, terrible guy. Right away they know because you're trying to bring that in. Also, I want to tell you that, that winners get jobs. So if you're, if you're a part of a team and okay, maybe you're not, you know, you know, maybe you're not the top six forward or top four D or starting goalie, but you're contributing to that. You're being a superstar in a role asked of you and you win, you're going to get a job. <laughs> Right. Because yeah. win- winners get jobs. And so so be a part of that winning. And I think when teams, they encompass that, they say, hey, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to give up a little bit of individual uh, statistics, but, you know, we're going to put a ring on your finger and you're going to have it for the rest of your life. So, Well, you made me think immediately of there's two teams that come to mind. The 90s Chicago Bulls. Okay. And, and most of us have probably seen the last dance documentary mm-hmm. now. Beautiful. Wonderful. You know, there was a lot of enjoying the journey mm-hmm. until about 97, 98, when unfortunately some individuals had individual aspirations mm-hmm. and the culture of that locker room started to deteriorate. And that's what brought that dynasty to an end mm-hmm. along with, you know, management making certain decisions. But now fast forward that I feel like I, you witnessed the same thing with the golden state warriors, mm-hmm. golden state warriors were the modern day version of the bulls. But mm-hmm. towards the end of that run, some of the individuals now became more individuals versus, Hey guys, one goal, one destination. Mm-hmm. Well, and, 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 and the thing with basketball is it's, it's one of the few team sports that, you know, two superstars can dominate a, a, a team where, you know, it, it, it's very difficult to do that. Baseball, very difficult to do that. In hockey, you can't do that in football, right? But so that's that's one of it. So that's where you have to talk about when you say, you know, can a team with, with bad team chemistry win? And the answer is yes, if they're supremely talented, but they can't carry that on for a long time. Yeah. I, and, I, and I think, you know, and obviously I'm from Pittsburgh, so I don't like the Patriots, but everybody everybody brings up the Patriots way. Right. Like Patriots way, like, and, and they might've had a down season last year, but you, you know, every single minute that people are coming into that organization and that, you know, want to continue to make the organization great. Everybody has to know what they have to do when they come in. It's clearly defined. That's the other thing as a leader or a coach, you need to clearly define your expectations for your athlete or for that person under your charge. It's very, very simple. You know, if you're, if, if, if you're not putting, if you're not starting a kid tonight, tell him why he's not in the lineup. And then give him the three reasons, the three ways he has to fix it to be back in the lineup. And then once he does, he's back in the lineup, right? And I think that's if you're if you give clear expectations to both athletes and and, and individuals, then you're much better off because you know this. People may not always want to hear the truth, but they tend to trust those that deal in it. 
Mm. And you said something on another podcast that I absolutely love. The words listen and silent are born out of the same letters. hundred percent. So many times, you know, um, leaders just want to talk, 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 talk. You know, um, I go back to Kevin Weeks, you know, my mentor, uh, Richard Parker, my mentor, uh, Tom Power, my mentor, John Maloney, my mentor, all of them have one thing in common. They are great listeners. They listen, right? They listen to what, hap- what, what you're saying or what the group's saying. And they're wonderful at that. And when you do that as a leader, and then when you know when to speak, it's, it's home run every time. So let's dive into that, into your book. You know, you wrote Warrior Leadership, Steps to Succeed for Leaders on the Ground. Mm-hmm. And I, I think one thing I like about your book is it's not just a read. There's some actually, there's a tactical workbook side to that, uh, log side to the book, which, which sure. I absolutely love. What was, I'm just curious, the goal behind writing the book and what is it you want the reader to take away? Well, you know, my goal is I, you know, I had all this military experience. I didn't want to write anything war stories or anything like that because there's enough of that written. And I wanted to give, I wanted to give the emerging leader uh, some, some real world takeaways on how to get better at their leadership. How can I climb the ladder as fast as I can? And so that's what it was. And it started about 350 pages. I had a wonderful editor, Karen Cantrell. She's like, listen, let's make this a two hour read. Let's pick the best chapters. She put it together for me, you know, and it's been out, uh, it's been out over a year now. And it's selling, it's doing very well. I'm, I'm, I'm happy and thankful. And now we have the, the workbook to go with it, but it's to help you with your daily success. So at the end of each chapter, there's always three takeaways. You can tab those. You can write something. You can pass it off to somebody else and say, hey, a colleague, hey, Hey, this, there's some really good points in there. And that's what we try to make it mission focused for, for wherever you are climbing that ladder. I love that you said that because being a public speaker, you look at other, you know, you could easily fill that book with just military stories, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Without any tactical action steps. Mm-hmm. It's just like I watch professional athletes stand on stage. They can just tell stories about their athletic career, mm-hmm. but it's like, what are the actionable takeaways I, the listener can use to mm-hmm. improve my life? Mm-hmm. And so I love that you put so much emphasis around the action steps mm-hmm. in the book. I know you spend a lot of time talking about self-care mm-hmm. now, Again, you don't know this, but in the, in the podcast I just referenced that I listened to uh, that that uh, you were on, I did the math, and you you talked about how old you are when you were born, and I'm like, if you're listening and watching this, you do not look your age, JB. Thank you, I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you, thank you so much. Appreciate um, it. What does self care mean to you? Well it's actually something I had to learn because, you know, in the military, all we do is we just keep grinding and out every day, grind, 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 grind. And then there's actually a part that, you know, you got to take a step back and smell the roses. Like I love what you said about enjoying the journey. Uh, Sometimes we don't look at that. You know, we just look at, you know, what's next, what's next, what's next. So you really have to take a step back to, to, to do that. And I want to say like, you know, my children, I have three grown children. They're all successful. Um, you know, and, um, they, they've actually helped me with, you know, Hey dad, you're doing great. I'm proud of you. <laughs> right. Like it's, it's, it's okay to take some time off and you really have to do that. So I really try to start my day. You know, I start my day with some prayer and reflection. Uh, then I, then I work out, you know, I watch what I eat, but, but of course, if, if I want to have a slice of pizza once in a while, of course I do. You know, if I want to, you know, drink a beer once in a while, of course I do, but I keep everything, you know, uh, you know, very relegated to, to minimal. Um, 
I, I make sure that I, I get eight hours of sleep a night and I just, I just try to focus, um, on myself, take some time for yourself. I always tell uh, business people, um, and even athletes, you know, there's, uh, you know, you did it when you played pro baseball, there probably was a time you, you know, you took a pregame nap or you, or you, you know, you shut your mind off for a bit. You have to do that twice a day, 15, 20 minutes a day, once in the late morning, once in the, in the afternoon, you have to take some time for yourself. You have to do some personal reflection time, whether it's just, you know, putting your feet up on your desk, drinking a cup of coffee, uh, playing ball with the dog in the yard, maybe doing a little walk. You have to do that because your mind can't, you know, this mind is a, is a great muscle. You know, you, you know, if our, if our biceps are sore, what do we do? We don't do biceps the next day. Well, <laughs> but we still, we're, we're pounding our brain with everything. So we really have to take time we have to focus. We have to understand what the objectives are. I love that. Um, you know, it reminds me of uh, Jesse Itzler. Is uh, he's one of the co-owners of the Atlanta Hawks, uh, mm -hmm. husband of uh, Sarah Blakely, Spanx founder. Mm -hmm. I heard him on a podcast not too long ago talk about being selfish is actually selfish, uh, mm -hmm. selfless. Because mm -hmm. if you take care, if you take the time to take care of yourself, it allows you to show up as your best version of of you for everybody else. Well, think of yourself as an ATM, right? Like, yeah. and, and, and you, you, you have nothing to give anybody else if your ATM's empty. <laughs> so, but if you fill the ATM, look how much you can give people, look how much yeah. you can help. Yeah. And so you really have to focus on that. I love it. What do you do? You know, at, at your age now, what are you doing for self-care? What is, what are some of the daily habits you've got in place? Yeah. So uh, I, I, I pray, pray and reflect in the morning. Uh, I have a, I have a standard gym workout uh, 7 a.m. almost uh, six days a week, um, but I, I mix in some variety there. Uh, and then I and then twice a day I try to take 15 to 20 minutes for myself, just reflecting, reading, uh, maybe a little walk. Um, uh, you know, get get a, get a late afternoon cup of coffee, something like that, to just try to f fuel myself. And I uh, I don't watch a lot of TV, I don't watch a lot of news. About fifteen minutes a day, so I really try to keep myself healthy. Um, I I, I read a, a myriad of books, so you know I'm all over the place with books, but I'll read a chapter here, chapter there, and 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 I I, I keep 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 going after it. So that's what I do to 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 try to do that. I like to get outside. I think there's so much restorative power. And being outside, whether you're doing a walk or a run or a jog or a hike, but, but, but get outside. And, uh, so those are, those are my, 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 my basic daily habits. Well, and you live in, uh, Nevada, so I'm sure you get a lot of sunshine like we do here in Colorado. So you get yes. a chance to get a lot of that vitamin D. Yes, you did, you've done, you do some CrossFit too, don't you? I do. I do. Okay. That's what I do. That's what I do in, do in the mornings, but uh, okay. our CrossFit gym is really great. They, you can, you can break it up into a variety of exercise, not just, you know, throwing heavy weight around. So what, um, I'm curious again, I'm the kind of guy that listens to something somebody says, and while mm -hmm. they continue here, I go over here and I say, wait, mm -hmm. what you just said caught my attention. I want to know about this. So mm -hmm. on this podcast, I've been referencing, you also mentioned, and maybe there's nothing to it that you get up at six ten every morning, Six ten. Is there a reason it's six ten? Uh, cause I find if I wake up at six, I'll hit the snooze for 10 minutes. So now I just wake up at six ten, and I'm up at six ten, and, and, and now I wake up, I, I always, I wake up like six Oh eight on my own without the, even the alarm. I get up, I start my prayer reflection and I'm good to go. 
and uh, you know, I'm, I'm at the, I'm at CrossFit uh, at, at 7am. I love that. Okay. I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, let's uh, we're going to start wrapping this up. Okay. Uh, this has been awesome, JB. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. I'm curious. Um, you wrote the book. It's called warrior leadership. Yeah. What does the word war and we're going to, we're going to make it very easy for people to get a copy here. Awesome. Um, what does the, what does the word warrior mean to you? Uh, that's a great question. You know, um, war, I want to know, I want people to know that warriors come in all shapes and sizes. Of course, it's, you know, you can think of a professional athlete or a Spartan uh, or somebody in the military, but it's also Mother Teresa. It's also the mom homeschooling her kid. It's also the, you know, the MTA driver you know, driving that bus every single day so people can get, get where, where they have to be. It's becoming the best version of yourself and being so good at it and putting a smile on your face and saying hello to people. You know, there's so much division and strife today. You know, just go out and, 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 and say hello. You know, my father was wonderful at always saying hello to everybody. He knew, he knew people's names, always said hello, took time. And I try to do the same thing, you know, just, just, just spread joy. And there's so much into a smile, shaking somebody's hand. Hey, how you doing today? Can I get you a cup of coffee? Let's go. It's so much into that. And that's what being a warrior is because we're all encompassing. Sure. Sure. There's some physical attributes of being a warrior, but it's also this, it's it, this wholeness, this humbleness, mm. this caring, this caring for others. I love that. Cause I think so many people, when they think a warrior, they think oh, I'm just badass. I don't have time for those daily small things that are going to make other people happy. No, that's actually what defines you as a warrior. Right. And I want to, I want to clarify to you that, that being mean, cold, callous, and insensitive is not a warrior. You're just, you're just a jerk. And we, right? and we, we've admired right. a lot of people in history because of their success, but they were not good leaders or good humans. No, and that's and exactly <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I mean, Steve jobs changed the world, uh, but, but you know, he, he was not a nice man. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. And it's well, I think it's well written in his autobiography mm -hmm. that, that he struggled in communication and things mm -hmm. like that. Well, let's wrap this up. Um, okay. If somebody wanted two things, um, if somebody wanted to grab a copy of Warrior Leadership, JB, what is the easiest way to get a copy? Easiest way is you can go on my website at, at jbsleaders.com or on Amazon. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, you can uh, find me on Instagram at, at jbspiso or on my website, jbsleaders.com. And uh, you reach out to me, I'll reach back to you. No and we've, we're going to put all that in the show notes for you. So, Thank you so um, much. I really appreciate that. So we're going we're gonna to bring it home here. Okay. Um, with what I call, you know, the, 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 the round, the diamond, the four questions going around the, the baseball diamond here. These it. are fun questions, JB answer. First thing that comes to your mind, no <laughs> okay, thought great. behind it. Okay, great. Um, we're going to start with your self-care. You are a CrossFitter. I was Damn. too at one time in my life. So I'm really curious, favorite exercise in CrossFit, uh, favorite exercise in CrossFit or the dumbbell clean and press. All right. Most hated exercise in CrossFit, uh, the burpee. <laughs> I always excelled at the, uh, stamina based exercises. Yeah. I got my butt kicked on the, uh, on the yeah. strength. I remember the first court class I went to JB, we had to do the butterfly sit-ups on the ground. Oh, yeah. You know how it rubs your behind on the yes. ground. I came home with the worst burn mark oh, I've yeah. ever had. And my girlfriend's like, what in what the hell that? did you sign up for? Exactly. <laughs> All right. When you think of warrior leadership, mm -hmm. In your work with professional sports teams, who is one athlete that comes to mind when you think of warrior leader? Uh, Sidney Crosby. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and he's had obviously a very, very successful career. I think he just 
played his thousandth game, yeah, didn't he? he? Yeah, he just did. Three times Stanley Cup winner, has a gold medal, first ballot Hall of Famer. And what did he say to you? I don't want this to go unnoticed because you said this in, in the previous podcast. What did he say to you about his 1,000th game versus his first? He told me, well, he, he, he said um, uh, he was just as excited to play this 1,000th game as he was his first game. He, he said, you know, he, he had butterflies. He was so happy to do it. That, that's enjoying the journey. That's enjoying that's enjoying the 100%. journey, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Last but most important question. Sure. You look at your career. I mean, man, you've been you're an you've been an army ranger. You were in the military for 26 years, retired as ma- sergeant major, one of the highest honors you can have. You've worked with professional sports teams at a leadership level. Define your entire career, JB, in one word. Motivation. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that is a great way to wrap it up, JB. I want to thank you one more time for being on bullpen sessions. I think this thing was full of nuggets that people are going to use for a long, long time. So thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. Have a blessed day, a faith-filled day. Let's keep it going. Keep doing what you're doing because you know what? You're helping so many. That's, That's what this is about, JB. And if you're listening in, I hope you took a lot of notes. This was unbelievable because you know what happens when clarity and confidence collide? Massive action happens. Go make it happen today.